Welcome to the HIF Player, bringing Harrogate International Festivals into your home. This event was recorded live at the Feakston Old Peculiar Crime Writing Festival. Enjoy. All right, good evening. Or shall I say now then? (laughs) Now then. Uh, Yeah, bye, Eck. So, yeah, my name's Nick Quantrill, uh, and I'm the author of the Joe Garrity series of crime novels set in Hull, and it features an ex-rugby league player. Uh, turned private investigator. So, I mean, rugby league, I've tried to make it as Yorkshire as I possibly could. Uh, and obviously, from the finest corner of Yorkshire, as we'll discover, Hull. Oh, Kingston upon Hull. Now, we've, now we're very cultured. It's Kingston upon Hull. You're starting already, mate. <laughs> I'm starting already. In 2014, the Lonely Planet Travel Guide named Yorkshire as the third best region in the world to visit. Our guests tonight Francis Brodie, Steve Mosby, Peter Robinson, and Lee Child. Lee Child? <laughs> <laughs> And no strangers to the place and its quirks. From female PIs in the 1920s to razor-sharp contemporary psychological thrillers and everything in between, they promise to offer us a flavour of the writing which maps the region and some insight into what makes it tick. But I don't think we can start talking about crime writing in Yorkshire without looking at the work of Peter Robinson. Um, so Peter, 22 novels now in the DCI Bank series? Yes, I just finished the next one and, and I can't yeah. remember what number it is. I think right. it's 24 or 23. Yeah, I did almost 22 when I maybe, pulled me. Maybe. Uh, but I think the interesting thing about them, in fact, is that the, the map Yorkshire so well, as is a TV series, but yet the actual setting of Eastfield is a fictional town. That, I mean, that, that's quite a complicated thing and I've been talking about mm. it with people, well, for years, but, but today in particular, that, yes, I, 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 I invented a dale and, and a main town in that dale, which is very similar to Ripon or, or Richmond. Uh, and the, but, but the dale is a mix of things that I've, places I've found interesting in all of the dales. I put them all in the one dale. So yeah. I don't like to be a slave to geography, so I, right. I can move okay. things yeah. around. I mean, I know where all the bodies are buried. I could take you to <laughs> the real place, you know. Not that there's an actual body there, but I know where the real places are. Yeah. So, I mean, I have this strange crossover map. I use real places as well, like York and Leeds. and all yeah. that. So I have these you know, made-up places intersecting with real places, and it gets a little complicated sometimes. Yeah. 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 I mean, Francis, um, your novel's 1920s. Again, there's that kind of little removing there from contemporary Yorkshire, because you're writing about the 1920s with your female DI, uh, PI, Kate Shackleton. Um, but you're also mapping Yorkshire very thoroughly, Leeds, Harrogate. Yes, uh, yes, I am. Uh, uh, Yes, one of the novels in Harrogate. Yeah. And the first one is a, a village on the outskirts of Bradford. And I do like that 1920s period uh-huh. because it's a period of such huge change, especially for women. Uh, Melissa Forsyth said that uh, at the start of the Great War, women were serfs, and at the end of it, they were free. So there's just such a lot to explore. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> Kate Shackleton is uh, a really nice character that I've got to know very yeah. well. Yeah, uh, and Steve, again, there's this kind of removal, isn't there, that you're, you're very much a Yorkshire writer, you live in Leeds. I mean, I follow you on Twitter, so I know you do a lot of writing in pubs of Leeds. I did do a lot of writing yeah. in pubs of Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. in the actual novels, the places are named, even though it kind of is reminiscent of Leeds, it kind of reminds me of Leeds, that the kind of the, the geography, but... Um, yeah, it's not named. yeah. I mean, it says in the program that I stalk the mean streets yeah, of Leeds. Well, yeah. Literally, perhaps in person, I do. But the books, no, they're not specifically set in Leeds or in Yorkshire or anywhere like that. Right. I came from a kind of horror, science fiction-y background, uh, almost fantasy. And so from the beginning, I really, really wanted to just kind of make locations up. 
Because uh, I kind of figure you're making the character up, you're making the story up, so why not make the location up to kind of fit the themes of the story and everything like that? So although it, all my books all draw on kind of leads and my experiences, because that's where I live, you know, that's what I'm used to, um, they're not specifically set there, and I don't really think of them that way, particularly. Mm -hmm. Right. And Lee on the end, Yorkshire Lee. <laughs> I, did try and, I did try and see if I could find a little snip of Reacher in Yorkshire, you know, but it doesn't kind of go beyond London, does he, in the, in the series? But you're no stranger to Yorkshire. Uh, no, I'm not a stranger to Yorkshire. I, uh, my granny lived here in Yorkshire, um, in Otley, which is um, West Yorkshire. And so I would come up here a lot. And uh, then I went to university in Sheffield. So, uh, you know, I'm very... I like Yorkshire, I mean, I, really because I like my granny. That's what it was. <laughs> um, and the big regret of my life is that uh, I, I, I'd spent about two months, I think, writing the first book uh, where, when my grandmother died, and she never knew I was writing it. Uh, and I think, I wish, I, I wish she had known because she would have uh, approved, I think, because she, she liked reading. Yeah. And um, there was a library in Otley, um, Although when she got older, she had to use that mobile library, but uh, she she enjoyed reading a lot, and she would have been thrilled, I think, if she'd known I'd written a book. But apart from that, I've got no idea why I'm here, other than uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than uh, I suppose I needed a extra person for the panel. But I uh, yeah, I, you know, Yorkshire's fine. What I remember. Fine. <laughs> What I remember about it, it seemed like, because it was a long time ago when I would come here regularly, and I remember two things about it. It was very far away, because there were no big roads back then. You probably lived in Hull. We, we, lived in, <laughs> we lived in Birmingham, which is not all that far away, but you had to drive through Litchfield, and then Derby, and then Chesterfield, and Sheffield, and Leeds, and, t and it would take all day, and it felt like... A, a trip to another continent almost and that's also how it felt because in those days I think trends and things spread a lot slower so it was like going back in time I mean not that Birmingham was ex exactly cutting edge but <laughs> it was uh, it felt like a step back coming coming to Otley yeah uh, but then Sheffield for university I loved I loved Sheffield I really did because I'm, I'm a completely industrial person so the industrial part of Yorkshire I really liked Excellent. Um, I've got a general question to all of you really now. Um, I seem to have spent the last two years of my life side endless meetings in Hull talking about what is Hullness as we try and become a city of culture. So I mean, do, do you think there's something definable of Yorkshire, something Yorkshireness, if that's a word? Am I either Yorkshireness? I think, I think it's just, it's so very varied. Yeah. Um, just a, a story, a couple of months ago, I was going out to the shops and I was just walking along Ginnell and I put a hat on, it wasn't that cold, but my hair was a mess, and coming along from the other direction, this chap looked at me, and he clocked the hat, and he said, give over, it's not that cold. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a total stranger. Now, if that was in East Leeds, it probably wouldn't have happened in North Leeds. <laughs> um, it certainly wouldn't have happened in Harrogate, <laughs> because Harrogate is the poshest place on the planet. And it's said that the town sign ought to read, you are entering Harrogate, please wipe your feet. <laughs> and in the 1840s, there, was, there were objections to the railway, because there were fears that the lower orders from Leeds and Bradford would come, and they might bring their own food and eat in the streets. So... 
I'm quite glad to be here on behalf of the lower orders from Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Peter? Is, is there a sense of Yorkshireness that you're sort of striving for, or well, consent as, as a writer? It, it, or even yeah, a I mean, it's hard to say yeah. that in, in Yorkshire what the sense is, because it is also different. I grew mm. up in Leeds, but I, I write about North Yorkshire, which is where I live part of the time now, and the rest of the time I live in Canada. And they have, you know, very clear ideas about Yorkshire in Canada. You know August the 1st, of course. Yorkshire Day, um, they celebrate that in, in Toronto. When, when I first lived in Toronto, I was invited to um, a Yorkshire Day celebration in the upper level of, of, of a restaurant there. And as we went in, each of us were handed a cardboard box. And when we opened it, there was a carefully knotted handkerchief inside. <laughs> and we had to put these on our heads. <laughs> and then sit at this long table where we were served roast beef and Yorkshire pudding, after which we did a long rendition of an Ilkhamo Bartat, uh, followed by several rugby songs, not all of which are from Yorkshire, I must add. And needless to say, I never went back. That was my only Yorkshire day in Canada. But, I mean, that is, that, that's a persistent idea of, yeah. of Yorkshireness. Trousers rolled up, knotted anki on the beach at Scarborough or yeah. wherever. Um, and the, the, I mean, obviously, it has a basis in, in truth at some time or other, but it's not like that at all. I mean, it's, yeah. the, it, things are, I mean, what Lee was saying is interesting because certainly at that time, a few years ago, when you used to come to Yorkshire, um, it was another world. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly somewhere, it, 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 you know, smaller places, you'd go further into the Dales, yeah. almost another century. Yeah. Do you think but we want to become like an independent state almost from the rest of the country, this sense of Yorkshire? Well, I mean, yeah. there's probably enough uh, mm. cohesion yeah. within Yorkshire to, to become a separate state. If the Scots do it, we can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. Do you get any sense of honestly, from, from your perspective, as maybe as a reader or as somebody who lived... Yeah, I, I think both things are true. It's incredibly varied, mm. but it's all, there's also a cohesion, and uh, the variation was uh, sort of Jesuitical in its, in its calculation, because Otley, where my granny lived, there was a, t a string of towns, first, first of all Otley, then Geisley, then Ilkley, and Geisley was frowned upon completely. If my, <laughs> if my grandma ever saw litter in the street or anything, she would say, oh, Geisley people. <laughs> <laughs> and Ilkley was a dizzyingly uh, aspirational target. I mean, uh, to go to Ilkley was a really huge step up, which meant that to come to Harrogate, which we did once or twice, I mean, literally, yeah, you had to bring your passport, more or less, um, <laughs> to come to Harrogate. And, uh, and, yeah, and then Sheffield felt completely different from that. I mean, Sheffield had nothing to do with that kind of thing. And there was... Um, there was a sort of artisan arrogance about Sheffield that I loved. There's a story that I'm certain is apocryphal, and I've heard it also told about other cities too, but we heard it in Sheffield, which was that uh, around the end of the 19th century, for instance, the US steel industry was building up and it was very full of itself, but several individual mills in Sheffield produced more steel than the whole of the US steel industry at that time. And also around that time, the German steel industry was thought a lot of itself. And at one point, apparently, the Germans sent over a drill bit that was incredibly fine, one of the narrowest drill bits ever. Unbelievable that such a, a narrow thing could drill through metal. And they sent it over, presumably, to impress and intimidate the Sheffield uh, steel mill owners who did not respond in any way. They made no comment about it whatsoever. 
Uh, and then about a month later in the mail, the Germans got the drill bit back with a hole drilled through it longitudinally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's quite Yorkshire, isn't it? A Yorkshire yeah. thing to exactly. do. Exactly, yeah. and I, I yeah. love that. I love that yeah. kind yeah. of, uh, yeah. I, you know, I can't say the word, but it, it begins with F and the other word is yeah, U. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think we're with you. Well, how about you, Steve? Do, is there any sense of the, the landscape maybe influencing your work? Because you know, I know obviously you're saying you, you're not particularly a Yorkshire writer in, in that sense, but does the landscape inspire you? You know, this kind of, you're surrounded by the moors and the countryside in Leeds, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. even though I don't set, it spe set my book specifically in Leeds yeah. or anything like that, I think I'm very aware that, that, that having grown up there, there's, there's a huge variation in the landscape. You have this urban centre, which is very, very built up, but then within a few minutes, you know, you're kind of in the countryside almost. You yeah. only need to drive sort of five, five ten minutes out of Leeds city centre, and, it, you know, it's, it's fantastically rural almost. So I've always thought that I can do that in my books. They don't yeah, need to be set right, in one specific kind of uh, type of geography. Um, and like, like you said at the beginning, it's pubs and bars. Pubs and you bars. Know, that is the topography of Leeds that makes it into, into my books. Yeah. Um, the pubs that I write in and the pubs that sometimes I've had the misfortune of going in, yeah. should we say? <laughs> yeah, I've seen um, your Twitter feed and about that, yeah. Yeah, I nearly got arrested writing in a pub. So yeah, arrested yeah. for writing, huh? <laughs> Not for actually <laughs> writing in a pub, but yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah, yeah. The bars are a big influence. Yeah. Yeah. And, about, and, uh, and even though there is all that disparity, there is, there is something in that the, idea yeah, of Yorkshire so. pride, isn't there? Yeah. And it's quite hard to define what it is. And I thought, I wonder if anybody has actually defined it. So I did Google Yorkshire pride, and I discovered that it's uh, a restaurant in Benidorm. Excellent. <laughs> 303 <laughs> reviews and a 4.5 star rating. Excellent. But, you know, there must be the, some other definition. We'll just do Yorkshire puddings and things like that. Yeah. 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 How, how about Yorkshire influences on your work in terms of other books, other writers? Is there anyone in particular who's, who's, who's influenced your own work? Oh, well, I just think we're very well off for writers, oh. and we always have been on this side of the Pennines. Um, I, I'm a great admirer of Winifred Holtby. Uh -huh. And if you want to see the East Yorkshire landscape, you could yeah. do far worse than Absolutely, read yeah. her books. Yeah. And Stan Barstow, and of course the Brontes, and uh, the Kestrel for a Knave. Yeah. The whole of Yorkshire has been mapped by yeah. very good writers. Yeah. Is there only for you, Peter, that particularly of, of influence your work? Well, I mean, to, to certainly some of the writers Francis mentioned, but in, in crime writing, um, Reginald Hill, I, I yeah. think, was a certainly a great influence for me. He was one of the first Yorkshire crime writers I read when his books were very, very hard to get, uh, you know, just before I started writing. Uh, and perhaps not so much an influence, but a writer I admired was Robert Barnard, who died a couple of years ago, lived in Leeds. So not originally a Yorkshire man, but he, he set quite a lot of books in Leeds around the area of Bramley, where, where, where I grew up. So, you know, it's kind of interesting yeah. to read that. So we, we, we do have a few crime writers as, as well as yeah. the Brontes. And yeah, yeah, and I know, I think with Lee's work, I, mean, I don't know if you agree, Lee, particularly, but um, I kind of, you know, I think of Get Carter, a, a film we associated oh, yeah. with Newcastle, yeah. but Ted Lewis is very much, a, is a Yorkshire writer, essentially, you know, he's very much associated with Hull, the Humber area, I mean, the, the book behind the film starts mm -hmm. in Doncaster. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if you, you can almost draw a line from Jack Carter to, to Jack Reacher in some respects. Yeah, and, and, and if, if you move away from crime, of course, as Keith Waterhouse was a, mm. a big Leeds writer. Yeah. You think of Billy Liar, which is one of my favourite movies. I mean, it's just mm. so Leeds, you know. Yeah. And, and he, 
He wants to leave, he has all these fantasies. He wants to go to London, the big city. He gets his chance with Julie Christie, for crying out loud. <laughs> <coughs> I won't spoil the end. <laughs> Would you, any influence, particularly on your work, Lee, that come from a Yorkshire angle? Well, like Peter said, Reginald Hill. Yeah. Uh, not only for his writing, but also for just who he was. You know, he sort of, in a lot of ways, taught us all how to be writers. Uh, he was a, a really nice guy. Um, taught me, a, inadvertently taught me a very humbling lesson, actually. We, we were, he was much older than I, I am, or at least looked much older at the time. <coughs> In fact, he looked like my dad. He, uh, when I met him, he was quite a sort of wizened, wizened old man with, with a shock of white hair. And we were at a festival together in Sweden, um, just en masse, you know, a whole bunch of authors. And part of the festival thing was that a local radio station was covering it. And so authors two by two would go on the radio, a continuous stream. And for some reason, me and Reg were paired and we, were, we had to be in the staging area 10 minutes before so that the, the, the sequence of writers on the radio would be completely unbroken. So we were kind of hanging around in this very crowded lounge in Sweden. And... Um, with 10 Minutes to Kill, and I saw this young girl who's probably about 17, just the most gorgeous, blonde, Swedish girl you've ever seen, and she was staring at me. And uh, I thought, well, this is all right. So I was, you know, <laughs> trying to radiate those, those uh, sentiments. Yorkshire vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, saying, yeah, come and talk to me, come and talk mm. to me. And sure enough, she did. She, she threaded away across the room and came right up to me, and I thought, this is worth it, the trip. Uh, and she said, would you introduce me to Mr. Hill? <laughs> <laughs> so that totally put me in my place. And he, yeah. he, had that, he had that kind of charisma. So yeah, I think Reg was a terrific uh, man and a terrific writer. Mm. And uh, certainly he would be my prototypical Yorkshire guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. How about you, Steve? Any influences on your work coming from the Yorkshire um, area? I, I, well, I wouldn't say an influence on me yeah. particularly, but one... Um, um one thing that immediately comes to mind writing about Yorkshire anyway uh, in crime writing would be David Peace, yeah. uh, the Red Riding yeah. Quartet, uh, the books, and also the TV series, which, yeah, yeah. which was excellent, yeah. the three movies they made of it. Because, um, I mean, in terms of the 70s and 80s, I was, wasn't, I was around for a bit of the 70s, but not around enough to appreciate it at the time. But I think what the, you could read a fairly dry account of Leeds and Yorkshire in that sort of area that dealt with all the... Uh, the police corruption, the racism, the kind of conflict between business and, and community. Uh, but what fiction does really, really well is kind of dramatise that and give you a real sort of impression rather than just the dry facts. I think it really kind of conjured up the image of that era that I have in my head uh, from the way that people sort of seem to think back on that time in Leeds. Yeah, yeah. So that would be... You know, that would be my yeah, something yeah, to yeah. sterling so. piece think, of work. I think David Peace's kind of shadows on everybody's work, isn't it, who talks about Yorkshire now, I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just there, isn't it? But, I mean, do you think the crime novel is even the best way to talk about Yorkshire? I mean, do you, you know, you kind of think of some of the great films that come out of Yorkshire, um, things like Kez and Brastoff, you know, these things that talk about um, the realities of Yorkshire. Um, well, I mean, I think you can use different genres and different mm. mediums to, to look at, a, look at uh, an area or an era. Um, I'm biased, so I think that crime is, is kind yeah. of a really, really good way of looking at all different kinds of things. Um, and I think in terms of, um, in terms of looking at Yorkshire, um, hang on a second, excuse me. <coughs> I think it's just, 
crime gets to the meat of various issues. You can, look at, uh, you can look at police corruption, like I said, you can look at racism, you can look at conflict, you can look at all these kind of things. So a particular type of crime fiction, I think, would be very, very effective at looking at any particular area. I'm not good, I wouldn't be so arrogant as to say that a book, books like mine, which are very sort of um, psychological thrillers, basically, they could be set anywhere. Yeah. Um, like I've said, I don't think that they particularly are the best media necessary to look at an area, although you could do. But crime, um, a certain type of social crime novel, I think, like David Peace's stuff, a uh, really, really effective medium to kind of explore a community. Yeah, yeah. Well, Peter, in terms of TV, I mean, obviously, your books have been filmed for TV, haven't they? Several of them have been, have been filmed now. Do you think that gives a fair representation of your work in terms of as a Yorkshire writer? A TV series? Well, it's... No, not, not really. I mean, oh. it, it, I think it started off very well. And um, I'm, I'm not really involved that much. So they do talk to me and show me scripts, and I... I make suggestions which they ignore. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, th I think they've. I mean, the, the, the quirkiness of the books it, it involves both, you know, the imaginary Dale and the real cities like Leeds and, and, and you know, so, some of the stuff. I mean, I would go into things like police corruption, drugs, you know, whatever, the, the urban problems. But I think on TV, they've tended to migrate more towards that end of things. And, uh -huh. You know, recently the, it's become very Leeds-based and very urban issue-based. And uh, that's a little <coughs> bit distant from the books yeah, yeah. and the character of Bantz and, and the sort of area in which he works. Um, but, you know, that's TV. O yeah. Other than that, it's, it, it's a fairly good cop show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've worked in TV, haven't you, as well? Lee? You've, worked, you've, you've worked on Yorkshire TV productions in the past with, with Brad Heads Revisited and um, Cracker. For Lee, sorry. Sorry. So you've, you've worked on TV in, in a Yorkshire setting in the past. Um, well, I worked for Granada, and yeah. you know Yorkshire. I, I guess though, before I got to Granada, Granada broadcasted both Lancashire and yeah. Yorkshire. But by the time I was there, Yorkshire Television was a separate thing, and we were very uh, suspicious of it. And you know, Granada was completely Lancashire. Um, I did. Uh, I did have friends at Yorkshire Television, and it did have a kind of identity of its own. Um, although mainly I remember it because of Heartbeat. Uh, I, re I remember uh, that was, you know, on a personal note, this, that was how I, I, I realized my daughter was gay, because she, she loved Heartbeat, and uh, she wanted to go and watch it being filmed. She was very interested also in television and movie production. So when she was about 15 or something, she said, would you take me to see Heartbeat being filmed? Not totally understanding it was a separate company. So I called Yorkshire and said, I want to come over and bring my daughter to watch Heartbeat being made. And they said, sure. So I went over there, and they weren't quite sure who I was. So to be on the safe side, they treated us very well. Um, <laughs> which included you know, spending a lot of time with Nick Berry, who was, at the time, you know, the biggest heartthrob on television. And there was like zero spark between my daughter and, and Nick. And I thought, wait a minute, something's not right here. Yeah. But it was a beautiful... And the thing that pissed me off more than anything else was, obviously in Manchester, it rained all the time. And that particular day we went over to watch Heartbeat, the weather was beautiful. Yes. And yeah. so I think you, Yorkshire got better weather than Lancashire, that's for sure. <laughs> do, do you think, Francis, as writers, we have to guard against... Not being sentimental about Yorkshire, we need to be caught guarding against stereotypes and trying to show the the darker side of Yorkshire, which I think comes out in your work as well, doesn't it? This sense of um, class issues and, um, and gender. 
There's yes, all, it's all kind of yeah. in there, isn't it? I yeah. Think. The, um, and and there's such a lot to to explore. Um, my character has a, a sidekick who was a policeman because, or not a policeman in, anymore. He uh, he still looks like a policeman, but doesn't think he does. And um, there were places that she just wouldn't have been able to go. The, the, the first book um, that's set around the woolen industry and the dyeing industry in Bradford, a woman wouldn't have been allowed to go into the wool exchange, for instance. And there were all sorts of things that um, were kept very quiet during the war. And one day when I was a little bit stuck, I, I always have a kind of chronology, and I thought, I wonder what happened on this particular day in real life in my story. It was 1917. And uh, there'd been a, a huge explosion at Low Moor, just on the outskirts of Bradford, a munitions factory. And I had known about it, but not all the detail that I then went and learned about. And I think that's one of the things about crime writing, that you can explore all sorts of things that might otherwise go unnoticed. Uh -huh. yeah. I think with your work as well, Peter, that, that darker side of Yorkshire was there, isn't it, all the time? There's an undercurrent of, uh, of darkness. I mean, like in Abattoir Blues, we've got um, this kind of sense of hoppy farmers, haven't we? And the, and the way they're treated, mm -hmm. there's that little edge to these things, isn't there? Yeah, Abattoir Blues is sort of like the darker side of farming, oh. yeah. Farming noir. Farming noir. <laughs> um, when, when I first introduced it to my publishers, they said, what's it about? I said, it's about a stolen tractor. Yeah. And they just looked at me. Like, yeah. I said, but people get killed in very nasty oh. ways, and then they booked up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it, it, it is about darks, uh, the darker side of rural Yorkshire. And um, yes, yeah, so certainly there's, there's a lot of darkness in my books, but I think I do, I try to get a balance between that um, avoiding the sentimentality, but yet having an appreciation of, of the landscapes and, and the beauties of it. In, and I like to do descriptive stuff through making Banks um, an incomer. I mean, he's not a Yorkshireman originally. Yeah. He's, yeah. He moved up, obviously, a long time ago now, although when I first started writing them, he just moved up. Um, so he sees it a little bit more through rose-colored glasses than the people who actually live there. And, and I like to bring that contrast in once in a while that uh, although he's been there many years now, he still sort of sees things often in a way that the locals don't see. Yeah, yeah. And that's something important to you with darkness, isn't it? I think, Steve, in your work, that sense of darkness and... Um, <coughs> the sense of darkness is certainly yeah. there in my work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> I think it's very important not to sort of overly sentiment sentimentalise a place if you're writing about it. I think all, everybody's correct about that. Um, you know, in, in mine, I tend, to I tend to sort of come up with a theme or an idea first, then build the characters around that, then build the location around that. So, uh, you know, I'm not really, like I said, I'm not really writing about a certain place, so I can avoid that to an extent. You know, I don't have to, I, I don't have to worry about necessarily using the cliches that Peter mentioned that for Yorkshire Day that we're all kind of familiar yeah, with, but which yeah. don't really represent the, sort of the truth of the place. You know, I mean, that's kind of Leeds' reputation in a way as part of Yorkshire, maybe like that. But to me, when I go there, it's just very, very similar to any other urban centre in the country in many ways. Mm -hmm. So although there is this cohesion to Yorkshire, uh, it's a small world these days. And I think, yeah. you know, many places are actually quite similar when you, when you, when you visit them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in terms of darkness, Lee, did you get any sense of Yorkshire as a darker place when you were studying in Sheffield? I mean, I guess in the mid-70s, you're almost into kind of ripper times, aren't you? And, um, 
You know, I think that um, absolutely you don't want to over-sentimentalize yeah. a place, but you also don't want to uh, f you know, force it as... Uh, because Leeds is Leeds, it's not the South Bronx, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't think Yorkshire's a particularly dark place. I think it's actually much more interesting on the social level. And so crime novels work very well because I think crime novels are the last refuse of the social novel. But if you think back to, um, you know, Winifred Holtby, South Riding or something like that, I think that... That's the kind of treatment that Yorkshire needs. I don't think crime is especially terrible in Yorkshire, no worse than anywhere else in, in the UK. Um, and I think it pushes it a little bit to say, oh yeah, you know, Bradford's terribly dangerous. Actually, it really isn't terribly <laughs> dangerous. Um, so I, I think you've got to take a very honest middle of the road look at it and say, um, you know, historically Yorkshire is much more about class and labor and, uh, land owning and wealth and so on and so forth than, than crime per se. Um, and in as much as crime can illustrate that, that's great, but I don't think crime is totally the central issue, not in Yorkshire's history. I think there's a lot of really interesting things about Yorkshire's history that are the, the, the pride in Yorkshire internally, because um, living where I do now in the States, without stretching the analogy too much, uh, it's like Texas. You know, it's a, it's the, it's a huge yeah. place and people are very conscious of coming from there and very proud of it and they feel that uh, everything they need is there. And um, as a kid, the thing that I loved about Yorkshire is that the cricket team only selected people born in Yorkshire, yeah. which was typical, I felt, of, of that kind of pride that, or at least authenticity that they strove for. Um, so I think the internal stresses are much more important than the actual crimes, which are, I think, relatively mundane. Um, you know, certainly no worse than Birmingham was, uh, or any other place I've lived. Yeah. And also, I mean, you can have something that's, that's quite dramatic and, and with dark undertones, but just very believable in the way that you have uh, smuggled cigarettes mm. and it starts off quite small yeah. and then develops, the ripples up, develops from there yeah. and also the the way in which you have family connections yeah. and so there's a kind of real um, a real empathy yeah. for those characters yeah. and, and an under an understanding yeah. of why Joe Garrity would yeah. do and what I, he did. I think for me, with the um. Hull is kind of that little isolated city in Yorkshire, isn't it? You, know, you, do, you mm. need a reason to come mm. to Hull, you don't just pass through it. Mm. Um, I can hear people laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, but Hull is this kind of like little undiscovered kind of enclave of Yorkshire, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, it's a bit strange like that, but yeah. Um, yeah. Is there any particular periods or genres you'd like to write a Yorkshire story in? I, mean, I, I keep thinking I'd like to do kind of like Downton Abbey and Hull, but with fish and guns instead of <laughs> all these kind of like downstairs, upstairs stuff. Oh, well, um, I, I, I sometimes think about the, the, the 50s, because uh -huh. that's a kind of sort of slightly odd and dark period. And, uh, but, but so far, all, all, all of my work, I did write sagas before I turned to crime. And my period was always sort of from around 1914 up to the 1930s. Uh, and that's a period that I feel quite at home in, really. Yeah. Uh, I think partly because of personal connections. I, I, I used to stay with an old lady up to the age of about nine, and she was one of the last Victorians with the long skirts and the money belt underneath. 
and uh, we used to just talk an awful lot, and, and her brother had been at the opening of Tutankhamun's tomb, and she had a scarf that I thought had come from the tomb. It was uh, a brown and cream silk scarf with tassels, and it was only after I'd written the first uh, novel, uh, crime novel, Dying in the War, that I realized I'd chosen 1922 for my year, and I think that was partly because of Auntie Amy. Uh -huh. um, but in the sagas, in the, the, the last saga I wrote, there was um, a bank robbery and a murder and a miscarriage of justice. So I'd kind of inadvertently slid into crime, not like <laughs> other people here who've just sort of written crime yeah. from, the from the beginning. Yeah. Is there a Yorkshire story you'd still like to tell, Peter? Is there something that's then in a way to tell in terms of a story about Yorkshire? It didn't have to have been a, sort of be a Banks novel, I guess, you know, any, any kind of period or... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got interested in writing about uh, Yorkshire during the war when I wrote oh. In a Dry Season a few years ago. It's the first book in which I'd done a lot of research. And, and s some of the research, I was very fortunate, my dad was still alive at the time, still is, he's 91 now. And, you know, he was here for part of the war and then he was in Europe in the Air Force for, for, for the rest of it. But, you know, he told stories that, that, that didn't appear in books, you know, mm. like when Leeds was bombed and... You know, incendiary bombs go, going down the coal hole and stuff. I mean, and there are all kinds of little human stories that, that some I worked into that book and some I didn't. Mm. But I think it'd be interesting to, to, to write a book, um, and it would partly be comedy about, you know, maybe a small town in Yorkshire during the war. I, I, it's probably been done. But um, I'd, li I'd quite like to write comedy, actually. It's very oh. difficult to do, yeah. which I think is why I don't, don't try and do it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Steve? Is there a Yorkshire story you'd like to tell? No, no. I mean, I wouldn't rule out sort of specifically writing about Yorkshire and, yeah. or Leeds, uh, you know, at some point. Um, I have kind of, I have a thinly disguised version of Leeds and Whitby in, in Black Flowers that I wrote. It's very obviously Whitby, less so Leeds, but it, it is Leeds. It's the university I wrote. Uh, uh, university I worked at. Um, but the thing is, if, for me, setting something in a real place, I'm kind of a really lazy researcher. You know, I really like to kind of make things up. But if you don't get things like that exactly right, if you're yeah. setting it in a real place, then, you know, you do get complaints. Right? Oh, and perhaps yeah, understandably yeah. so. Yeah. You know, but you know, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that so much. So it, I kind of prefer to say it's not Leeds, but it's based, mm. you know, I can base it on Leeds and make it pretty accurately Leeds, but I don't have to make it perfectly Leeds, if you mm. like. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I can't think of anything in particular, though, about, uh, about Yorkshire that I'd want to write about. Yeah. How about you, Lee? Is there, a, is there a Yorkshire story burning inside you you'd like to tell? Or maybe bring Richard to Yorkshire? Yeah, I mean, Richard could come any place. Mm. And uh, I think Richard would fit, fit in very well in Yorkshire. I think he'd have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because you've got to figure out where does that no-nonsense attitude uh, come from. And, and there's a lot of Yorkshire in that, you know, because that's mm. the thing, no-nonsense. Uh, I think that's what I remember most about about. Uh, Yorkshire, and certain things that play against stereotypes because, uh, you know, Yorkshire people are supposed to be mean or at least, uh, you know, perceptive about finances, shall we say. <laughs> and um, I have to say my agent is from Yorkshire, and uh, he's certainly done a very good job for me, so I, I'm fully, fully on board with that aspect. Uh, but I remember my grandma would get her fish and chips from Harry Ramsden's, religiously. Uh, even though, actually, technically, Harry Ramsden's was over the town line in Geisley, which was, a huge, <laughs> which was a huge problem in itself. But she would go there. And why would she go there? Because 
On VE night, May the 8th, 1945, Harry Ramsden had free fish and chips as, as a celebration for that one evening. And for the next 49 years, my grandmother would only buy fish and chips there. And so that was one of the greatest pieces of PR ever, <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. So, you know, that was, was it, a, was it a generous thing that Harry Ramson did or was it a very smart piece of promotion? And uh, there's always that commercial thing about Yorkshire that even out in the Dales, you know, because that's where the wealth came from originally back in the Middle Ages, the, the sheep in the Dales. I mean, that was, that was like oil back then, immense wealth. And I think the wealth thing, whether you have it or don't have it, is, is always on people's minds in Yorkshire. Yeah. 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 I mean, Francis, if you, could, if you could give one person a single book about Yorkshire, which book do you think you would give them to try and explain the region? Or a favourite book? I For the guess. region? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the region. Yeah. If they wanted to know about Leeds, I think I would give them Keith Waterhouse's City Lights, which I think is uh, it's, it's a non-fiction book, but it really captures the city yeah. and uh, what it was like for him to be, to be growing up there. Uh -huh. Is there a book for you, Steve, that captures what you'd like to kind of pass on about Leeds or Yorkshire to people? Oh God, I, I probably struggled to pick, to pick one like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, can I, can I cheat and have the, the Red Riding Quartet as a kind of yeah. history? <laughs> oh, it's it's, on, it's yeah. one continuous yeah. story, it right? is, it sort really, of. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I think that that sort of gives a sort of dreamlike impression of what Yorkshire used to be like yeah. and how it came to be, um, how it is now. So, I mean, that's probably the one that I'd go for. Yeah. How about you, Peter? We've already had Keith Waterhouse. I would probably yeah. have said Billy Lyon myself, but um, perhaps some Alan Bennett, you know, something mm -hmm. like collection like Writing Home. Mm he's -hmm. got a very, very dour kind of Yorkshire voice and, yeah. and, and he's very, very funny um, yeah. in that deadpan sort of way. Uh -huh. How about you, Lee? Is there one particular Yorkshire novel you think that uh, stands out? Well, I'm going to be completely heretical and say actually a movie. I, I think Brast Off is yeah. Uh, yeah. not only about Yorkshire, but about the... Um, the hinge of history uh, prior to 1984 and after 19, uh, the miners' strike. I think that uh, things changed very fundamentally in that year, and I think that movie captures it really, really well. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think we've got time for one more question before we go to the audience. Uh, Yorkshire Pride is the one person in Yorkshire that makes you particularly proud. I, I would probably pick um, a rights campaigner called Lil Balocca from Hull who fought for the rights of trawlermen in the 60s after Hull lost three trawlers within the space of a month and she, she marched down in street against the fishermen's wishes and, mm. she changed, and she changed legislation in terms of safety on trawler boats. Mm. Uh, you know, and her story is now coming to the surface and I think you know, we may well see it on the screen in the near future. But, oh, um, yeah, you know, I think you know, when I think of who makes me proud, particularly from my own city, I would, mm. I would pick Lil. Mm. Uh, mm. Is there one particular person you would um. have a particular pride in? Well, th there were two sisters in Bradford mm. who fought for uh, pension rights for single women. And I, I, I'm sorry, I've, I've forgotten their names. They'll come to me as soon as we've finished, I think. Uh, and, I, and I think them, because I think there are so many unsung um, heroes yeah. and heroines in Yorkshire. And I, I, I was reading a book by Percy Silito, who was a chief constable in Sheffield, who became head of MI5. And he set up the first forensic laboratory in conjunction with Sheffield University. 
and with a man called James Webster. And he said of James Webster that had he been in London, um, he, he would have been as famous as Sir Bernard Silsbury. And I think there are lots of people like that in Yorkshire and in the North generally yeah. that, that, they get, that they're overlooked. Yeah. And we like to have our own Trump in Yorkshire as well, don't we? Mm. <laughs> Anybody for you particularly, Steve, you would say has a particular pride in? Um, I'm going to cheat again. Okay. I'm not going to pick a, a particular person, but I think um, more recently the Tour de France started mm. in Leeds yeah. and mm. obviously kind of... Uh, occurred in the region, and it was, I couldn't actually go to the, the start, but um, it, it was amazing to watch it on TV, the number of people that yeah. turned out and the amount of support, uh, and the, the sheer organisation of it, and I think the, the coverage really showed, showed yeah. the area off really, really well, I think, I think everybody was kind of proud to, to see that, so and just that's probably what I go for. Uh, there's a play on at West Yorkshire Playhouse, if it's still on, about Beryl Burton, mm. who was the most amazing cyclist. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Peter? Captain James Cook. <laughs> um, where that man went when nobody had been before yeah. uh, is just amazing. And yeah. then his journals make really, really interesting reading. Excellent. Anybody for you? I think Francis makes a good point about the way the north south bias yeah. uh, defines or ignores people in, in ways that, that, that is unjustified. And so I would either pick uh, just any representative artisan steel worker from Sheffield who were, you know, the industrial elite of the world for, for many decades, or Freddie Truman, <laughs> who I thought was just fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, even, even down to the sort of sly artfulness of of polishing one side of the ball with his brill cream and not the other. <laughs> that whole thing was just, I mean, he had it going on. And, it, yeah. and he had been, he'd been a coal miner and then all of a sudden yeah. he's uh, yeah. playing for England in the test match. Yeah. I well, think yeah. he, he, as a kid, he was Yorkshire to me. Yeah, I think they say, don't they, when Yorkshire's strong, England is strong at cricket, don't they? So we'll take that. Well, yeah. I certainly thought of Freddie Truman when it came up, yeah. Passed <laughs> through my mind, yeah. yeah. Right, I think we should open up to the audience now. Anybody would like to ask a question of the panel? A question for all of you. Uh, Yorkshire is infamous for such as the Yorkshire Ripper and training bombers at Bradford University. If you were to name a serial killer or a criminal of some description after any part of Yorkshire, what would be the name of your serial killer and what crime would it be? <laughs> I'd go for the lead loser. Um, in the whole, we don't seem to like leads very much. <laughs> I don't know. I'd go for the Dale's Dissector. <laughs> Yorkshire Ripper was a great story, really, and as much as it, that was the birth of modern policing, really, with the, the computers, uh, that early computer system they set up, and the immense database, and yet he was caught just through uh, basically ordinary coppering, and I, I think that's a fascinating story. I was asked to go on television in the States on a, a true crime show, and I really wanted to do the Yorkshire Ripper, but uh, they couldn't do it because it was sufficiently far in the past that too many people were dead, 
you know, they couldn't be interviewed, and uh, there wasn't enough um, newsreel film, so they wouldn't do it. But I think I think Yorkshire Ripper was a great, great crime, really, and a great a great solution to it too. Yeah, and also we've got the infamous Jimmy Savile as well, a good yeah. connection. Yeah. And that is a kind of fabulously long-reaching story, you know, still unfolding sort of to the present day in terms of possible corruption and things like that. Um, in terms of naming, so, oh God, um, Armley, I used to have uh, Armley Eviscerator, can I have that? <laughs> That's what um, I'd go for, I don't know. Well, I lived in Bradford for a while, so it, it would be maybe something like the Bradford Butcher, but I don't do um, serial killers, but while I was there, I was burgled quite a lot of times, so I probably would say the Bradford Burglar. Bradford Burglar, <laughs> and a sticky ending for him. Yes. Okay, uh, another question, please. Hi, uh, it's a question for Mr. Robinson. Uh, at last year's conference, Linda LaPlante delighted us up on the stage um, and gave a hint that, I think it's in production at the moment, uh, looking at the development of Jane Tennyson's career. I just wondered if there are any plans to do that with Alan Banks to give some clues as to why Yorkshire. I don't mean that in a nasty way, guys. Just why come from the Met up to Yorkshire? What were the reasons behind it? Um, well, originally I'd, I'd left him fairly vague. Uh, he was about to burn out. I mean, I mean he was in his early 30s, and, and he'd, he'd sort of had enough. The, the job was taking too much out of him. So he thought that, you know, by moving to a more rural policing area, he'd, he'd have an easier time of it. <laughs> it <laughs> didn't happen that way. Um, but there was, a, there was a particular case that affects him very strongly, and, and I wrote it... Uh, it, it, it was supposed to be a short story I wrote for a collection called The Price of Love, but it kept going and going and going and turned into a novella called Like a Virgin. And that is basically Banks's last case on the Met, uh, which turns him around and, you know, which makes him decide that he's definitely going to go and get out of there. So if, if, if you read that story, you'll have a bit more insight into it. Okay. Uh, any more questions, please? Oh, some hands down at the front, yeah. I don't know if you've done any statistical analysis, but are there more crime novels set in London, New York, Paris than there are in not just Yorkshire, but out of London. It always seems that, that there's a lot of books set in London and not as many, for example, in Yorkshire. Do you think, is that a correct perception? I'm sure it is. I mean, I avoid doing analysis of any kind, but I'm certain that that is definitely true. Um, certainly, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, w I would think so as well. Uh, it's only, you know, if you, if, if you think back a few years, there was Reg Hill and... Robert Barnard, that was about it, really. There, there weren't many other people. There are more Yorkshire crime writers now. But I mean, for things happening outside London, there weren't very many. And then, lo and behold, you know, we get Yorkshire, we get Bristol, we get Manchester, we get Newcastle, 
uh, Scotland, of course, Edinburgh, Glasgow. Um, it's, you know, it's, it, it's really changed quite a lot over the past 20 or 30 years. But London is still the big one mm. for crime. Did, did you struggle to get published in any sense, being a northern writer? Was, you, was, you, was, there, was there a struggle being taken seriously as a northern writer when you wrote the first Banks novels? Or? Well, no, it wasn't a struggle for, for me being taken seriously as a northern writer, I think because I was living in Canada at, at the time when I started publishing. I hadn't been there very long, and, and I was writing about Yorkshire as a way of sort of keeping it, you know, keeping close. I, I was in a strange country, I didn't really know a lot of people, so I, I wrote about where I came from and found that the distance really helped me. I had a very different perspective than, than when I was actually living right in it. Um, so, oddly enough, I, I, I was kind of accepted there because I was a northern writer and it was something a little bit different. Yeah. It was a lot harder to get accepted here though, yes, it took a lot longer uh, to get a, a, a different and, and, and a very good publishing track mm -hmm. going here. It took, God, you know, 15, 15 years or more. I mean, it was really, in a dry season was my first, I suppose, breakthrough book, and then Aftermath. And, and that was over halfway through the number of books I'd done by then. So. And it's, it's not a, a analytical, I don't suppose, but there are a couple of books that, where um, areas of the country have been mapped for crime writing. Uh, I can't just think of the names offhand, but I know that, that, that they are around. Okay. Uh, any more questions, please? Uh, could I just ask Lee um, a question? As Reacher now travels, do you think there might be some scope, as we've talked about, lovely Harrogate, that he may come to Manwith Hill one day? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to do that, because obviously for me it's a challenge, because what I normally do is I, I, I'm a foreigner writing America as if I was a native. And if I bring Reacher to Britain, then I'm uh, a native writing Britain as, as a foreigner, <laughs> which is technically a, a great challenge, and I really, really enjoy doing it. The problem is if you bring... Uh, and Reacher has been outside the country uh, once or twice, but uh, I think the first time in the... Um, in, apart from his army days, where it's implied he was all over like the uh, US Army is, uh, the first one was the 10th book, The Hard Way, where he did come to Britain, to East Anglia, as a matter of fact. And I was really happy to do that, but I was worried about doing it as well, because I knew that immediately then every publisher would say, well, can he come to Australia? Can he come to Japan? <laughs> and if he came to Harrogate, then, um, you know, that would start up all over again. But I would enjoy it, I really would, because um, I've been away long enough that I see things with a sort of semi-foreigner's eye, and it's really intriguing to me to imagine what would Reacher find weird about Harrogate? And really, the answer is pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, add another question, please. I think there's one towards the back in the middle there. Question for Lee Child, and I'm sure you've been asked this before. I'm um, sure I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack Reacher's physique is more in line with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger than Tom Cruise as portrayed in uh, One Shot. Uh, did you have any reservations about the casting of uh, Tom Cruise in that part? Well, you know, that's a 
your choice of, uh, of comparison there is really, uh, is really interesting because Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, let me see, about uh, seven inches shorter than Reacher. Uh, he's a short guy, Arnold. He's wide but short. And uh, Schwarzenegger is not all that much taller than Cruz. It's a matter of public perception. And uh, if I had walked past massed ranks of six foot five, 20 stone actors in order to arrive at Tom Cruise, then I think, yeah, that would have been strange. But there aren't any six foot five actors. We were always stuck for, for the physique. There, there just are no actors that size. And so I felt that after many, many years of puzzling it over with the, with the movie people, the best thing to do, we got to either give up on the personality or the physique. You couldn't have both. And my decision was to give up on the physique and concentrate on the personality. So given that the movie is an entirely separate side issue, uh, I was perfectly happy about it. I really was. Okay. Uh, I think we've got time for another question, possibly two, if anybody would like to ask one. writers these days publish their novels of over 500 pages plus. Do crime writers get paid more for their verbal dialogue? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no. I, I, in, 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 in fact, th there was a time when writers used to get paid by the word. And I remember quite a long time ago writing a short story in which I was paid so much, for, for an American magazine, I was being paid so much a word. And uh, my wife came into my study one day and said, what are you doing? I thought you'd finished it. I said, yeah, well, I'm editing it. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting it down a bit. She said, that's money. What do you mean you're cutting <laughs> it down? And uh, that's, that's why you have writers like Dashiell Hammett and Raymond Chandler. They, they were made to cut, um, even though, you know, they, they would have been paid for more words. But these days, no, I mean, I, I don't, Perhaps if you're Stephen King, maybe, but then that's because you're Stephen King, not because your books are long. Mm -hmm. yeah. One last question. Does anybody like to ask one? Yeah. DCI Banks has some interesting women psychics, psychics and working with him. Um, are you thinking possibly of writing a story about women detectives? Um, I'm, I'm not, but I mean, it, it, it would be something that's interesting to do. I think if I ever got tired of Banks or, you know, I, I, I really couldn't find a way to keep him working after he's turned 60, uh, then, then I would consider something like that. But I mean, I'm enjoying doing what I, the way I do it at the moment, which is to sort of develop one of the sidekicks a little bit more in each book. I think in, in Abattoir Blues, it was Winsome that, that, that was more developed as a character. Um, in the next one, it's, it's a, the new girl, J Jerry Masterson. She's only a, a DC just out of her promotion, but she gets a fairly large part in the new book. So I'm kind of enjoying doing that at the moment, rather than having the women completely take over. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're getting stronger and more developed as characters so that they may be in a position to do that at, at some later okay. stage. Okay. Right, I think we should draw things to a close there. And um, say so we're going to be shooting over to the book signing tent shortly. Uh, or the Lee has to shoot off to the Dead Good Book Awards. Uh, but you are signing books after your event tomorrow night instead. Um,
Well, I think for now, please, a big Yorkshire thank you to Francis, Steve, Peter and Lee. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this event by Harrogate International Festivals. For more events, recordings, resources and information about our arts charity, please visit harrogateinternationalfestivals.com.